Welcome to KJV Cafe, where the truths of God's Word come alive. Grab a hot cup of coffee or tea and spend some time learning about our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. Listen now to Pastor Clark Covington of Heartland Community Baptist Church as he explores great insights from the Word of God. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. So glad you're here today. Thank you for joining us at KJV Cafe. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I'm so glad you're here. Today we are looking at God's Word and all what we can do with God's Word when we apply it to our heart and, our, and, we, and, we, and we apply it to our life. Uh, today we are looking at some comforting scripture, and that's Jesus being the great physician. We're going to have three messages on this, focusing on different ways that Jesus is the great physician, different ways that we can apply scripture to how uh, and what Jesus promised us in his word and what he's doing in our lives. And today we're going to start here, uh, focus on this episode on Jesus the Savior, Jesus the Savior, because truly is that not healing? Is that not me uh, being made well when we're saved by Christ? Mark 2.17, when Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, they that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So Jesus here uh, in the book of Mark is, is telling us that, um, you know what, if this world was perfect, wouldn't need Jesus, would we? If we had it together, we wouldn't need a savior. If uh, the kind of implication is if our works would save us, then we wouldn't need to be saved by God himself in the flesh. But our works don't save us. Friend, if you belong to a church and you haven't been saved, that doesn't save you. Uh, in this world, uh, you know, the little G God of this world, the devil wants to make it look like uh, money will save you because if you have a lot of money, then you're, you have a lot of fame. And I mean, think about it. If you had a lot of money, you could hire a video crew to follow you around and film your every move and put it all over social media. Uh, and, and maybe you've seen celebrities do that. Think about that. If you have money, you can make yourself famous. If you have money, uh, you can make yourself interesting and own all these things and so forth. And you might think that you could make yourself saved, but you can't. Your money will not confer into heaven. Your money has no value in he heaven. The currency that gets you into heaven is not a dollar, is not a piece of property, is not some kind of asset. The only thing that gets you into heaven is the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. This is the idea of the atonement, the substitutionary death. That Jesus Christ came to heal the sick, came to call sinners to repentance, not by just preaching a message, but by physically giving himself on the cross at Calvary. The Bible speaks of, uh, Jesus himself speaks of, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. The idea being that when Christ was lifted up on the cross at Calvary, and when he suffered and bled out on that cross, the most brutal death that anyone has ever died, when he died on that cross at Calvary, and was buried three days in the ground and was risen miraculously by God and walked the earth 40 days and 40 nights and was seen by over 500. When that all happened, it gave us, people, broken people living in this world, the opportunity to be saved. So he provided a way to heal us of the most 
fatal sickness, the most uh, the, the sickness with the most eternal consequences. He gave us that way by dying on the cross. And then it's so poetic the way that God did this, the way God put this together is so poetic. It's beautiful. When we get saved, what do we do? We die to self, right? We die to self. The old man dies. The old man has passed away. Behold, all things become new, right? We, the old Adam, the first Adam, the natural man goes in the grave and when we are risen again, this is the symbol that you see in baptism. You know, when you're submersed underwater, it's like you're in the grave and you come up, it's like new life, okay? And what that means is that there truly is new life. If you truly believed on Christ and you got baptized, then that isn't just physically symbolic. You now have the Holy Spirit living within you. You are now born again. That means, think about being born. When you're born the first time, I was born on January 1st, 1980 in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> there you go. That's a nugget for you about me. I was born there in Louisville, Kentucky. I have not spent that much time in Kentucky, but I was born there. January 1st, New Year's Day, 1980. Amen. Gives away my age, too. I'll soon be 43 here. Uh, I was born, and that was that's, that's my birthday, okay? And that's my uh, earthly birth, okay? And I'm born. I'm born into a body, and it, the body uh, has sin in it from the first day. Now, I don't remember my first day on earth, but as early as I can remember, I remember fighting with my older brother. who was a year and a half older than me, fighting with him and arguing with him and wanting my toys and my time. And as I got older, nothing changed. We just fought more and disagreed about this, that, and the other. And guess what that is? That's selfishness. What is it? It's sin. Amen. Uh, you know, as kids, we lie and we steal and we cheat and all these things. And again, it's not that we are bad children. Amen. We are simply born into a sinful flesh. And when we're born again, we realize our need for a savior. Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When we realize our need for a savior, and we get saved, now we're born again. That means we have the new creation living within us. That means that we have the Holy Spirit living within us. That means that when God sees us, he no longer sees sinful Clark. He sees Jesus Christ and the blood of Christ applied to sinful Clark. And now he's just seeing the blood of Christ. The idea is being reconciled to God, having peace with God. That's what Jesus did to save sinners like us. Think of a way to be saved without Christ. There is no way. Your works won't save you. Your association won't save you. Your money won't save you. The only thing will save you is trusting in Jesus Christ, the gospel, which is clearly written in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4 or 1 through 5, 6, whatever it may be, however long you want to read. Uh, but it's clearly written there. It's clearly written in the book of Romans. That's how we're saved. We're saved by Jesus Christ. And we're saved by faith alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. There's no other way. So the great physician, Jesus Christ, saves us from impending doom, from eternity in separation with him. People think the hellfire, the flames will be the worst part of hell. No, the worst part of hell will be separation from God. Because we'll realize our state and we'll realize our true need and desire to be with God. And we won't be able to be close to him. Think about what heaven is like. Heaven, you're worshiping God. You're praising God. You're singing a new song, amen. Uh, you're seeing all the saints of all time, amen. Uh, it's lit up by the light of Christ. Okay, if that's heaven, amen. And if hell is the inverse, if hell is the opposite, 
that you're not able to praise and you're not able to be close to him. And it's not lit up with the light of Christ, but it's lit up with burning flames and it's, and it's where the devil is and it's where, where uh, you will suffer in torment for an eternity. There's nothing glamorous about hell. The idea there's a party in hell is a fallacy. That's the devil's lie. There's no party in hell. There's misery in hell. There's brokenness in hell. Am I trying to scare you? Well, if you're not saved, absolutely, friend. I'd love you to be saved. And you can be saved today if you just trust in what I've explained, that Jesus Christ died for your sins. And when you trust Jesus as your Savior, then you're born again and you're healed. You're healed. You have a Holy Spirit now living within you. You have peace with God. Uh, the, the, the Bible describes this in so many ways. One way the Bible describes this peace with God is by the veil. There was a veil in the old Holy of Holies, in the old temple, amen, the old tabernacle. And that veil was rent in two or torn in two. And that veil uh, represented where God was residing. And only the priest could o- only go in there once a year. And if they did anything wrong, they'd be struck dead. And there was all these rules and regulations behind it. And no one else could go there. But when Christ uh, died on the cross at Calvary for your sins and for my sins, that veil was rent in two, was torn in two. That curtain was no longer there. That blockage was no longer there. And that's the idea that now we can approach the throne boldly. Now we can go to God in prayer. We don't need a mediator. Now, beyond the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, Spirit is our mediator, but the Holy Spirit, we learn, is part of the Holy Trinity, the three-in-one God, the fullness of God, the Godhead, amen. But beyond that, uh, we don't need a mediator. So we can simply pray by the working of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, the mediator, the second part of the Holy Trinity, to God the Father. That's how I learned it. You ever wonder, do you pray to the Spirit? Do you pray to Jesus? Do you pray to God the Father? You pray by the working of the Holy Spirit, which you get when you're saved, to Jesus Christ, the mediator, And that goes through him to God the Father. And that's the Holy Trinity in play there. But other than that, right, which is just dealing with God directly, other than that, we don't need another person. We don't need a a clergy member. We don't need a person. We don't need a superior to help us to get to God. We don't need someone else to give us another extra book or anything. We have God's word. We have the Bible. And we can go to God directly in prayer. So we are reconciled with God. We have peace with God, and that's only by the blood of Christ. Amen. And so when we look at the great physician, we must start at this idea that healing the sin sick is the most important type of healing because it results in salvation for those that would believe. And when we look at this in another light, we realize that all we can do is believe. It's We're justified by faith. And so those that are condemned, they're condemned by unbelief. So those that end up in hell, those that reject the free gift of salvation that Jesus is offering by what he did on the cross, they simply will not believe. They they have willful unbelief. They have willful ignorance. They don't want to dig deep. They don't want to expose their sin. Uh, there's all of these very simple explanations for why people refuse the gospel message. And so the great physician is here saying, look, I will heal you of your worst ailment ever. I will give it to you. And it's a free gift, but you have to accept it. If I knock on your door, I'm a big guy and big imposing guy with a beard. I knock on your door and I say, I've got a free gift for you. You know, you might say, no, thanks. And you close your door. Well, if you close your door, I never was able to give you that free gift. So you rejected the gift. You didn't get the gift, right? But I was willing to give it. It wasn't to cost you anything. I would have just given it to you. Well, Christ, you know, he can be big and imposing. Amen. Uh, The gospel can be offensive. Amen. It it, it can be abrasive. It can be hard to hear about sin and, and about how fallen we are and about how we need a savior. These things can be difficult to chew on. 
But when we say yes, we understand. When we're honest with ourselves, when we realize our own shortcomings, we realize the fact that yes, of course, we have sin in our life. Yes, of course, we can't resolve it. People say, oh, education will resolve it. Look at the world today. It is the worst it's ever been. I watched a new segment just a minute ago about a gas station owner that had to have guys with machine guns to guard his gas station in Philadelphia because it had gotten so crude. He said he'd been there 20 years and it's never been this bad. And I can give you story after story about how things have gotten worse and worse. But the world tells us, just get educated. Well, it's the most educated it's ever been. We'll just get globalized. It's the most globalized it's ever been. We'll just get, 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 get. Look, you can't get better without God. Man has been trying to get better without God for as long as man has lived, ever since Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, eating the forbidden fruit. And they have never succeeded. And God is here with his word saying, trust me, believe on me, and I will heal you. And all that beautiful salvation when we trust God, we just say, Lord, please save me. You're listening today and you're not saved. Just stop whatever you're doing and just pray to God right now. Say, Lord, please, I'm a sinner and I know I need to be saved. I ask you, Lord Jesus Christ, to save me. I believe that you died for me on the cross and that you were risen again. I believe that you did that for me and I want you to be Lord of my life. If you pray that prayer and you mean it, friend, you'll be saved. My Bible tells me you'll be saved forever, that you will be saved for an eternity, and that salvation simply comes by faith. Just like a child, you ever tell a child something, you say, okay, okay, uh, the kitchen's down the hall on the right, and the child walks down the hall and goes to the right. They're just simply believing, right? They're, They're not questioning, they're not doing all these other things, they're just believing, and Christ calls us to simply believe. And if you believe, you'll be saved. And once you're saved, your whole life will change. Your worst day being saved is far better than your best day without being saved. Your worst day as a Christian is far better than your best day without being a Christian. You now have peace with the God of the universe, the creator of everything. And now you have purpose. You have a calling to to help others understand the gospel. It's the most important thing we can do in our lives. It's what I've given my life to. If I didn't think it was important, I wouldn't have given my life to it. Not just me, but many, many others all over the world have given their life to the cause of Christ because Christ died for them. So you, friend, my question for you is, are you saved? Do you know the great physician? And if you know the great physician, what are you doing to tell others about his wondrous healing power? What are you doing to tell others? I thank you so much for listening today. Tune in next time. We're going to do a few of these messages on the great physician. Tune in next time. Take care. God bless. And amen. Thanks for visiting the cafe today. Our goal is to inspire you with the truth and depth of God's word in a straightforward manner. Do you know Jesus? You can today. Visit kjvcafe.com to learn more about God's great plan of salvation for all of mankind. Until next time, remember as Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 puts it, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness.